The Start On Demand. On demand. Over 7,500 fans turned out at IG Field on Wednesday night for the Grey Cup party to celebrate the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That was a good thing that happened on Wednesday. Not so good. We learned that, worst case scenario, we could be seeing over 1,000 cases a day of COVID-19 in the new year, thanks to Omicron. So we got into that a little bit, as well as the fact that Ontario is ready to limit capacity at Maple Leafs and Raptors games as Omicron takes hold there. So that had us thinking, how do you escape the noise? When the noise of the world gets to be a little too loud, what do you do to escape? So we had fun talking about that this morning on The Start. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, December 16th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Skyler with a slightly ominous note in his bomber report there, talking yeah. about how, with all the free agents. Yeah. And maybe it's the last time they're going to party together. I, yeah. feel, I feel like this is a... I'm not listening. Yeah. I'm not listening to that la, right la, now. That's exactly la, what la, I was la, thinking. I was like enjoying the sounds and I'm reading all the great texts of the amazing coverage that Greg and Christian provided last night with Bob Irvin, Irving hosting. And I was like, oh, what a nice thing. And then he adds, they'll never be together again. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, I'm trying to have a good time over here. It's sort of up to them, though. <laughs> and that's the thing. In the Canadian Football League, nobody's leaving Winnipeg for, say, Toronto because of a a million-dollar disparity in the contract offers. We're talking typically five, ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 here and there. And so depending on, you know, the financial situation of the players involved, I think a lot of them will be willing to accept less money to stay in Winnipeg because they also have, and we, we talked about this with Doug Brown, that Grey Cup, that playoff money that Winnipeg now is, you know, thought to be more likely than not to win. And so that helps that CFL money. So yeah, don't get too down, you guys. These guys really like playing with one another. And if um, these guys are staying in the Canadian Football League, Save for one or two players here and there. Uh, my betting is that they stay with the Blue Bombers. Okay. Right. I like but, that better. <laughs> both Brett and I just, <gasps> how dare you, Skylar? But, you know, you you did such a great job last night, Greg. You and Christian and everyone was loving Bob on out there in, in uh, midfield. And, and I think that what was nice is that we needed that. We, we talked up to the Grey Cup how badly we needed to celebrate something good. And as soon as we won that Grey Cup Sunday, it's like we turned the corner into this week and we're slapped in the face with all these different statistics and things coming our way when it comes to COVID. And I was like, man, we're barely going to get to enjoy this Grey Cup win before we have to take a deep breath and dive back into some very, very serious stuff. And that celebration last night was so badly needed. How did it feel to be there? It was terrific. You know, I, I know there was some consternation in some circles. And it's funny because you had the sort of uh, some diametric opposite 
opinions on the celebration last night. There were people who said, well, why can't we have a parade if we can do this? And then there are others saying, well, why are we doing this at all in the face of, of Omicron? So and th- that's a conversation debate to be had over the next several days. But last night, about 7,500 people in a 33,000-seat open-air stadium, most of them bundled up in the cold, many of them wearing masks, etc., uh, we're just out celebrating something homegrown, something very important to them, something that was a long time in coming. Uh, look, uh, it was great to be there. There's just no other way to put it. And uh, all too often, you have to have a qualifier attached, an asterisk attached to everything you do these days. So I'm just going to say it was absolutely wonderful to be there. And the weather actually didn't sound, I mean, it didn't sound too bad. And that's kind of the barometer that I use when I'm in my apartment, because if the wind is bad, sure, it howls outside my apartment. And I thought, my blinds aren't really, because I always like to keep the window open and the blinds will usually start rattling if it gets windy. But by six o'clock, didn't seem like it was too bad. Nah, not too bad. A little bit of rain, a little bit of sleet. There was some freezing rain on the way home last night, but not the snow that we were anticipating getting last night. So, yeah, it wasn't horrible. I, I don't think anybody, you know, by the time we got left the stadium around 8 o'clock last night, that uh, that wind was pretty cold. But I, wonderful, wonderful venue for, you know, that sunken bowl really shelters you from the from the wind to a great extent. Sorry, I was just picturing Brett in his apartment, like holding a drink, staring out the window. Seems all right out there. <laughs> I stand that's, here in the comfort of my apartment with my hot toddy. It feels like it doesn't look so bad, hey? That's my expert assessment on what it was like to be outdoors. <laughs> Blind factor. Sound all that bad. From, from five out of three. Seems good outside. <laughs> Seriously, though, that's how I can tell if it's windy. I, all I got to do is just stop and listen for a second. And if it's if all I hear is, I'm like, okay, I guess I need to make sure I'm wearing a toque when I leave the apartment today. But... Um, and we were going to actually talk about how do we escape the noise coming up at 6.45 because yesterday, and as Loren pointed out, kind of getting slapped in the face, the the modeling that we saw yesterday in Dr. Rusin's report, Loren, was literally off the charts. Yeah, so he shows, and you screen grabbed this yesterday, you know, where could this new variant take us? And it's kind of, as it has, it goes down in these waves, you know, down, up, down, up, and then the wave takes off and like shoots off the page in this tidal wave or tsunami or whatever you want to call it. Like there's no, there wasn't room on the graph for where this could go because they were talking, you know, as many as 800 or 1,000 cases as we head into the new year, if this goes where they think it might go without more vaccinations, more booster shots and all the rest. And so that number is particularly daunting. You look at what's going on in different communities, Ontario, and we're going to talk about this at the top of the clock. They're reducing capacity in all sorts of places, including major sporting venues. And so Leafs and Raptors and all the rest are making big changes for how they're going to accommodate fans. And then you look west to us, Alberta is going kind of opposite, Greg. They're like lifting some of the restrictions for the holidays, saying unvaccinated, vaccinated, whatever. Here's here's your rules. Go ahead and get together. And then here at home, we're, what, Christmas Eve is one week tomorrow. And they're saying, you know, make some careful plans for your holidays. Think twice about what you're going to do, how many people might get together. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Here we go again. I felt a little overwhelmed again yesterday. Well, hamster wheel was the analogy that I was making this morning. And and sometimes it feels like just that. I started my day by spilling my tea all over my left hand as my Tim's friend handed me my tea. And I, uh, I've got a new vehicle. And so 
uh, I guess I'm just not used to all the uh, ergonomics yet. And so I smashed the cup on the outside of the window. And so I got tea on the outside, the inside of the door, all over my hand. And I said to Brett, in, you know, in the past... I would have thrown a total Brett smash, Max smash sort of fit, and I kind of just shrugged my shoulders. Can I have some napkins and a new tea, please? And that was the board, end of it. Poured the rest of it on yourself. It's like this is how this day. Yeah, going. and just a just- yeah, just a let's sigh. <laughs> Mackling McGarry and McNabb. Big party last night, Greg, to celebrate the champs. Fans of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers joined the team last night to mark their back-to-back Great Cup wins. Goals Merrick to catch was among those in attendance at IG Field. Two in a row. Might just be the beginning. An evening full of jubilation at IG Field, hosted by none other than Bob Irving. And after speeches from the mayor and premier to kick things off, the floor belonged to head coach Mike O'Shea. 2020 was a bit of a disappointment, but 2021 certainly lived up to our expectations. We knew we had a good team coming in, and we had a damn good season. We finished it off the right way. I'm sure a few of you were nervous during a couple of those games. But the players never had a doubt. The players paraded the Grey Cup around the turf by position group, beginning with Brandon Alexander and the defensive backs. This is a family. This is a family. This tight-knitted. This is because of y'all, the community. Manitoba, Winnipeg! The baton was then passed to the big boys up front as the offensive and defensive lines got their chance to thank the Bomber faithful. Back to back! Two-time Grey Cup champions. Let's go! Whoa, whoa. Bob, we appreciate you everything, baby. It's your go. <laughs> Frigid weather, snowing. Wouldn't have any other way here in Winnipeg, man. We love you guys. Thank you for being the best fans in the damn league, in the country. We love you. Let's keep the party going. After more than 90 minutes of speeches and appreciation, running back Andrew Harris was in charge of sending the crowd home. I love you guys. I just got one question. Do you got my back? You got my back? You got my back? Empty the clip then. Win on three. One, two, three. Win. Merrick Takash. Global News. I heard you there, G Max. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Andrew Harris gets me fired up. Oh, I thought that was fired you just up. now. That fired was you up. last night talking into the mic, was it? No, it was just now. Oh, okay. I thought you were like. So I thought maybe last night during the coverage you were trying to uh, control yourself. You know, I think Mike O'Shea said it best. There, 2020 was a bit of a disappointment. 2021 lived up to our expectations, and I know uh, that's what I'm hanging on to today, man. As a community, we needed that win. And as difficult as the past year and a half has been and as difficult as the next few months are likely to be, and that was a wonderful thing to hear that joy. Now, we couldn't quite, I mean, because uh, it was a, the, the broadcast, we couldn't quite hear the sound of the fans. Obviously, a very different scene from the previous rally, which was at the Forks. Um, but 7,500 people, I'm sure, much noisier in person. 100%, Brett. Yeah, it was a very boisterous, very enthusiastic crowd. No question about it. We had the window open in the in the press box, and it was it was cold. But let me tell you, there was a lot of energy last night, and you know that the people there, not 
that you're not a diehard fan. If you weren't there, but the people who were there last night, you know they were absolute diehards. It was it was a fantastic evening. And if you want to hear it, go to the audio vault at cjob.com. You, your coverage started around 6, GMAC, and right. went on to like 7.40? About 7.40, 7.45, 6 o'clock. It was, uh, we went an entire hour without taking a commercial break. So Oh! Yeah. Never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> Very quickly here, we all know Andrew Harris had the holler response thing going with his who got my back question way back in 2019. And, of course, we heard it last night just a few moments ago here on CJOB. And I can't tell you where he came up with that. I don't know if it's original. We'll have to ask him one day. But how about this from the NFL's 2021 kickoff campaign? It's branded We Run as One. Who got my back? I got your back. Who got my back? I got your back. Who got my back? I got your back. Who got my back? We got your back. Who got my back? We got your back. Who got my back? We got your back. So it's not from their 2019 marketing campaign. It's not from their 2018 marketing campaign. It's from their 2021 marketing campaign. Oh. Anyway. Someone gets some royalties here. I think, uh, just asking. Yeah, just asking the question. Did he TM that after he shouted it out? Well, we'll have to. I think maybe. Bat pending? We might have to, pending. We might have to uh, investigate this on I've his behalf. I've got your back. Who's got my back, TM? As Gollum would say, they're thieves. <laughs> they're thieves. <laughs> they're frothy little thieves. Oh, wow. Greg, is that th- your real voice? That's me, yeah. Oh, that is creepy. <laughs> the rock and pearl is Stop. nice and cool. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh, boy. Woo! Uh, okay, so listen, today is the uh, one-year anniversary uh, that the first vaccine was uh, administered in Manitoba, and that anniversary comes as uh, we receive a stark warning from public health officials in Manitoba. That warning came yesterday about the Omicron variant. Now, the province has released preliminary modelling that suggests the number of new daily COVID cases could quadruple as Omicron spreads in the coming weeks. Manitoba has only recorded six Omicron cases so far, Brett, but it's already proving to be very transmissible in other jurisdictions like Ontario, where they've seen the Omicron variant double every three days compared to the Delta variant, which doubled every 34 days. The modeling shows Manitoba could face 1,000 COVID-19 cases per day in the new year, Loren. So the province's chief health officer, Dr. Brent Rusin, says once we see community spread, we are then weeks away from it becoming the dominant strain. With the amount of increase in transmissibility, um, it would have to be very, very significantly less severe uh, for this not to be a a threat to us. And so uh, it's very unlikely Uh, that we can rely on that. Uh, So we need to be very uh, prepared for a uh, exponential growth. So it's why they're talking, you know, from Ottawa, those travel changes that were announced yesterday. And we're going to get more into that at 745 about where you can and can't go and how they want you to sort of reconsider non-essential travel, how they want you to reconsider potentially some of your holiday plans. There's talk about what we might do with sporting venues and all the rest and how we handle this exponential growth because Rusin says these projections are concerning. And he says Manitobans need to not just get vaccinated, but... And here's the big one that's going to be hard for some people to swallow, maybe all of us to swallow. 
Rusin says Manitobans should start rethinking their holiday plans. Global's Brittany Greenslade has more. As Manitobans prepare for holiday feasts and get-togethers, those could once again look a little different than normal. We need to uh, rethink our plans over the holidays of large gatherings. Dr. Brent Rusin says Omicron is wreaking havoc on other provinces. And despite the low numbers here, he says Manitobans need to start thinking about scaling back. So we need to take action now uh, to ensure we're, we're safe throughout the holidays. But there seems to be limited action being taken. Instead, people are being told to assess their own risk and are being asked to decrease their contacts, especially if they have underlying health conditions. You need to be very, very careful about your plans to gather over, uh, over the holidays. Uh, they should not be large gatherings. We want everyone vaccinated. But as of right now, there are no further restrictions being implemented, despite other provinces like Quebec and Ontario all taking action, including putting restrictions on indoor gatherings, tightening care home visitation rules, and adding in further isolation requirements. And we'll continue to work with our chief provincial public health officer to see where, where things may go in the future. If there are further restrictions that are needed, uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll uh, take his, his advice on that. The health minister wouldn't say if she would support a further lockdown ahead of the holidays, specifically in the southern health region, where test positivity rates are hitting 13%. We are going to continue to seek the advice of public health experts and public health officials in terms of what might be needed in the days or weeks ahead. Instead, the province is once again urging Manitobans to get vaccinated and boosted. And with just days to go before Christmas, the province says it does plan to get rapid tests out to Manitobans. As for when and how, Rusin said, stay tuned. Brittany Greenslade, Global News. So in that first clip, we heard Dr. Rusin say that it's unlikely that Omicron is dramatically less severe than the Delta variant. And so when you think about the number of cases we might see, Brett Loren uh, it's a numbers game at this point. You know, people will get worked up and say, well, I thought we got vaccinated for a reason. Well, yeah, it's to prevent uh, serious illness as much as possible. But if you go from 150, 200 to 1,000 cases a day, eventually that math is going to catch up with you. And that's what's been said all along, right? It's really about those severe cases and the hospitalizations and the fact that we've already been hearing from officials, doctors on the front line for the past few days saying, we're already there, we're already at capacity, we really can't take much more. And then you see numbers like that float in for the end of the month for up to 1,000 cases. Well, say even just a tiny percentage of those are severe, what kind of pressure does that put on the system? I think the question for so many people this morning, Brett, will be like, okay, well, what are we supposed to do with this information? You're not imposing any new restrictions, but you're telling us to reduce our sizes. Um, I think people are, we're going to have this conversation after seven, but you know, when it comes to large scale events like sporting events, are we going to pare those down? Because I think people will have a hard time stomaching, okay, I can only have say five people for supper, or you want me to reduce my gatherings, but these large ones are still a go. And so the messaging needs to be, we've said this a million times before, needs to be clear. Uh, otherwise, I think people will just say, you know what, I don't want to lose another Christmas. Question of the day at cjob.com for Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace at 204-832-6243. Are you thinking of cancelling or paring down your holiday plans? Yes? Thinking about it? Or no way? Cast your vote at cjob.com. We'll make sure that's up on Twitter as well at 680CJOB. And a modified version of that will be on our Instagram.
Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we have tickets for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to give away coming to Centennial Concert Hall in June. And those tickets actually go on sale tomorrow morning, and you can get them at the Centennial Concert Hall's website. But today's question for those tickets, with yesterday's news that we could be looking at a 1,000 COVID cases a day, many will no doubt be looking to escape this noise. What do you do? To escape the noise. Do you just need like five minutes? You know, is that an hour, a couple hours, an entire day? Do you have a song that helps you escape the noise? If so, which one? What is it? Um, and why that song? Or maybe it's a TV show, like even a specific episode or a movie. Mine, for example, is Marvel's The Avengers. Or perhaps it's an activity. I don't know. Maybe you just like, maybe you just like to be alone somewhere to cut yourself off from the world, like sleep in a water coffin or something. I don't know. Uh, like just full on cut off. Tell us a story for a chance to win. Loren, you've got some audio here. Let's start with you. Well, this isn't going to surprise anyone, but you know how we were talking off the top, it feels a bit like a hamster wheel, like you haven't been able to come off just when you think things are improving. We dial back again, and I know all sorts of people are just thinking like, here we go again, I want to say goodbye to 2021. I hated 2020, now 2021 seems to be the year we want to get rid of. And so I will often put on music and or something that I have seen a million times before and just let it play in the background where I'm cleaning the house or what have you. Trust me, when you get older, it all changes. Why? Well, life gets in the way. Did I just say wife gets in the way? Because sometimes I do that. You're good. (laughs) So Modern Family, I've circled right back to this. I started, I think I went through the whole thing at the start of the pandemic. And then just the other day, one of my kids said, hey, mom, you know, it's coming off Netflix, like at the end of the year. I think it's not going to be available to watch anymore uh, as I have been and so I have started the whole thing again and I'll just put it on like music and it'll just play while I'm doing something. I Thanks for the heads up on that. I've been meaning to finally get around to watching what? some modern fa- uh. I have watched the last couple of seasons. i got to get around to that so I will seek to confirm whether or not it's, uh, it is in fact leaving. Yeah, but uh, thank you for putting that on my radar. I, <laughs> um, nice to hear that clip as well. <laughs> Wife got in the way. Braun, what about you? Modern Family will be on Disney Plus Canada if it's not there already. So oh, yes. Cool. Yes, thank you. you. Can find it. Oh, it was an thank ABC you. show, right? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it, it's a movie. I got a movie and a song, and the movie I, I love going back to is uh, Shakespeare in Love. That's one of my favorite movies. It's uh, romantic and clever and funny, and I, I just it's such a well-made movie. And it, it's, it's almost like a sports movie because it's about Shakespeare writing Romeo and Juliet, and then the last half hour is the first performance ever of Romeo and Juliet, and it's all very clever and fun. I like that. And uh, if I need something a little more high-octane, if Shakespeare's not doing it for me, <laughs> then I, I, I need to put on my headphones and uh, crank up some Slayer, some Angel of Death, some Raining Blood, just to drive the demons right out of me, you know? And that, that'll always do it. <laughs> what, was I, what were the names of those songs? Uh, Angel of Death and uh, Raining Blood. <laughs> All right. They don't have a Christmas album. <laughs> Two very diverging choices there. Holy. Slayer drives the demons out of you? It doesn't uh, walk them right into your soul? No, 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 no. no. no right. it, it, it exercises them. <laughs> uh, Forte, what about you? For me, I just like to put on a funny podcast, something that just makes me laugh, and I just like to go for a walk. Walking really helps my mental health. Uh, 
exercise, get out there, breathe some fresh air, and, and just, there's times where I'm walking down the, the sidewalk, and there's somebody walking towards me, and I'm listening to a podcast, I'm like, don't laugh, don't laugh, and as I'm walking past them, of course, my smile comes on my face, and they're staring at me, and I'm staring down, I'm just trying to ignore them, but uh, it really, really puts me in a, a good mood, puts me in a good space. That's good. Yeah. And I, I always, it, it's funny, even though you've got headphones in, it's clear you're listening to something. Uh, when people walk by and they're talking, I can see they've got the headphones. I know they're on the phone, but it still throws you off. So there is a, a wrinkle to that in the winter, especially with these wireless earbuds. I was going to say, you put your toque on over top of it, and people don't see them in your oh. ear. Yeah, you, them, can't, like, you can't tell that I'm wearing And I just nod at them and they keep going, and I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> or when you're at the gym, because I, again, I often listen to shows, uh, and then you'll. I haven't been to the gym in a year. I don't know why I'm telling this story. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, when a I year? used to go to Only the a year. Gym, okay, a year. Shh. Quiet. <laughs> and you'll like, start laughing, but it's usually the moment when someone walks by or they like fall off the equipment or something goes down and you feel like you have to be like, listening to a show. I'm listening to a show. I'm not laughing at you. Oh, <laughs> never mind. Macklin was years old. <laughs> well, so... In the daytime, when I'm home and I, maybe I have an hour or something uh, where I'm in between uh, chauffeur gigs, I will watch Love It or List It. And I will watch it back to back, back to back to back, back to back to back to back if it's on because it's mindless. It engages my brain with regard to real estate and remodeling and all that sort of stuff. And I don't care if I've seen the episode before, I will watch it. And then at night, I've started from scratch. I did Friends at the beginning of the pandemic. I've done all the Seinfelds, all Curb Your Enthusiasm, Ozark. Now I'm done Succession. I need something else to start. Park, parks and Recreation. I've done yeah. Parks and Recreation oh. too. I didn't even make it on to the list. I'm thinking about Breaking Bad. Veep. Oh, Breaking Bad's a good yeah, one. Yeah, I've done Veep too. And it, worth mentioning again, uh, Walter White School closed today for uh, power outage. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. <laughs> every time I see the name of that school, I start laughing because of Walter White from Breaking Bad. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, I go into kicks, right? So I'll like go into like a six-week kick of something, and I'll, that's all I'll do for those six weeks, and then I'll move on to the next thing. But it's it's like like pretty much anything. Like whatever I'm kind of feeling at that time, I could be writing something, I could be reading, watching TV. Uh, football was nice to watch lately. Uh, hockey, not so much. Uh, uh, painting, I, I, I kind of got into that. Uh, new music, I've been into musicals lately. I saw West Side Story on the weekend. It was it was excellent. Um, the Book of Mormon as well is uh, is fantastic. But you know, spending time with my wife always always makes me feel great. And uh, going for steams. I know I talked about that recently, but that's been that's been a real great way to relax. But I just love learning new things. That's what gets me so excited about about finding out uh, you know things about myself. And I guess that maybe some silver lining to this pandemic because I've been able to sort of find new things out there and. and Learning stuff, learning, learning, learning is the thing that gets me gets me the most excited. And so, um, yeah, that's what I do. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. You know, it's funny that uh, Forte is playing this song because I did the the Gollum voice earlier, and I used to used to be able to do the Shaggy voice from this song. Uh, should I try it, Loren? Yes. Okay, I think it's coming up right here. Hang on. 
Oh, no. Shoot. <laughs> You're waiting for the, that sort of uh, rappy sort of interlude part, right? <laughs> where he, Yeah, where he's like, life is one big part of when just a little long. But who's going to have your back when it's all done? It's been a few years since I've done it. Oh, so boy. It's practice. like you have this. It's like it's all in the same vein. Yeah, pretty much. The voice. Yeah. It's kind of like the Howie Mandel, uh, Bobby's World, was it, Craig? Yes, hey, it was. Bobby's World. <laughs> That's one of the podcasts I listen to, actually. Bob- Howie Mandel. What is it? Howie How- Mandel's? What's it called? Howie Mandel Does Stuff podcast. Really? Yeah. What, like, what sort of stuff does he do? Well, he does it with his uh, daughter, and uh, I don't know, they just... They chop about everything. It's uh, it's it, it can get a little dirty sometimes. So uh, if you have kids around, uh, I wouldn't play it. Okay, good to know. Hey, thanks for the tip on that. Um, I'll have to look into that uh, because I've been looking for some of that kind of stuff too. And that actually sounds like a good way to enjoy uh, going for a walk. Or like Loren said, she listens to shows while exercising. So tell us how you escape. I'm not going to point out when the last time you went. Well, I, I walk a lot, if that counts. Oh, so, of course it does. I listen to a lot of shows now, just old shows. I don't even need to see what's happening. I just like to listen in. Movement is energy, Loren. So keep those Thank texts you, coming. Mom. 204-780. <laughs> Did you just call a mom? Yeah, it sounds like something a mom would say. You're doing <laughs> trying, great, trying to be, kid. Fine, Thanks, mom. Fine. No, I like I'm it. Trying to be like, I needed that. Okay. I liked it. Okay, all right. <laughs> my mom's the greatest person in the world. You just received a high compliment. That was disparaging to your encouraging, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, hey, she just, I like how she sort of closed it off there. Mom's the greatest person in the world, so there you go. Uh, Charlie on the Chocolate Factory tickets were given away at 9.15. Tell us how you escape. And I'm looking at a picture of a pig here, so I feel like oh. there's a, a pet pig. So uh, we're going to have to tell you that story coming up shortly here. The reason we're asking you about how do you escape the noise is yesterday we got all kinds of uh, heavy news about Omicron, maybe a thousand cases a day in Manitoba and east of us, the Ontario government says it is reintroducing capacity limits for some indoor venues amid concerns about Omicron. The government said yesterday it's moving to limit the number of people who can gather for indoor events. Here's Ontario Premier Doug Ford. With Omicron spreading so fast at such an alarming rate, we need to target the largest crowds indoors where people are often unmasked. Effective Saturday, December 18th at 12.01 a.m. Any venue with a capacity of a thousand or more will be capped at 50 percent. This includes stadiums, concert venues, and large event spaces, among others. I know this will be tough, but it's an important step in ensuring we slow the spread of Omicron as we urgently accelerate boosters. So the Ontario government said the new rules will apply to sports and recreation facilities, entertainment facilities, concert venues, theaters, cinemas, along with a long list of other gathering spaces. You can imagine the logistics of sorting that out, considering some of those events would have been sold long ago, season ticket holders, all the rest. How they do that remains to be seen. But of course, with COVID cases beginning to cause more interruptions in professional sports, Manitoba's top doctor says nothing is off the table when it comes to our own actions here for sporting events and concerts. Dr. Brent Rusin put out another call yesterday, as we know, for unvaccinated Manitobans to roll up their sleeves in an effort to limit the effect of any new potential restrictions. After being asked whether fans should still be allowed in the stands at hockey games, Rusin had this to say. We're starting to see transmission amongst uh, um, uh, professional teams uh, to uh, to levels that are, um, you know, uh, congruent with what we're expecting with uh, the rise of cases with uh, with Omicron. So we are looking at those things right now. 
The NHL has several teams with multiple players and other personnel aware, away rather from their respective clubs. The Calgary Flames are currently the most severely impacted team with 16 players and 11 staff in COVID-19 protocols. Here in Manitoba, the company which owns and operates the Winnipeg Jets, Canada Life Centre and Burton Cummings Theatre, among other sports and entertainment holdings, is watching the situation closely. Kevin Donnelly of True North Sports and Entertainment spoke with the news yesterday well obviously we're watching this as it unfolds and i think we all are this is this is really occurring in real time in front of us and the, the news today that uh, ontario has restricted the, the leafs and raptors to 50 percent is is obviously a great concern they are at a different level with this uh, um, virus in ontario than we currently are now so we're staying in constant communication with with uh, rusin and his team uh, and we're just you know trying to do our best to remind the consumer, the patrons that come, that that we are serious, and this is a serious concern about mask wearing. And so, we, you know, reading some of the pieces online, the mask wearing in other markets hasn't been as good as we've seen here in Winnipeg, and they, the, the population, for whatever reason, hasn't embraced it like Manitobans have. And I think that's one of the singular reasons why the spread of it hasn't ever been connected to a, a gathering, you know, at, at the arena or another uh, major center. So the mask wearing is important. We're going to up our game to, to move to medical grade masks and N95 masks throughout our, all our staffing immediately um, because that seems to be one of the, the biggest tools that and, of course, the vaccinations, getting that booster shot if you're able or a second shot when your time comes up are, are critical components to trying to control this. So what about some of the much-anticipated concerts which are currently touring and planning on making a stop in Winnipeg? What is the status of those events? Well, any time that there's any kind of message about border closures or travel restrictions uh, definitely impact the, the touring business because the vast majority of the talent comes from outside of outside of the province, of course, and, and, and a great percentage of that is outside of the country. So, um, you know, it, it's not good news. We're... we're, we're Working with promoters already looking, I've got events in January and February that are now looking further down the line. Um, so it's 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 not good news, but it's the state of the nation. It's what we're having to deal with, and uh, it it definitely uh, impacts the business. I, I can only imagine, and you know, if you limit to fifty percent, what like they've done in Ontario, they've got all sorts of things to figure out in the days, the weeks ahead. But I, I will get back to this. I think people will have a hard time. We've already had texts coming in this morning to people saying, "Hang on, we're being told to limit the size of our gatherings for holidays, but we can still have these large gatherings and venues." Keeping in mind that those large venues are, are supposed to be masked, are supposed to be fully vaxxed, but I think that's where people are struggling, Greg. I can't do this in my own home, but a larger venue can, and that's where it's going to get difficult, I think. Yep, that's uh, the balancing act of the last two years is trying to find that happy medium. Some people will be unhappy with anything that's done, and quite often it's on diametrically opposite sides of the question and diametrically opposite reasons for being unhappy about it. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, how do you escape the noise? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory tickets up for grabs Centennial Concert Hall in June. And we had one listener send us an adorable picture accompanied by this story. To escape the noise, I know exactly what to do. I go in my, I go in my sunroom. I just shut the door, and I can't hear a darn thing. I leave my dogs in the house, so if somebody comes to the door, then I can hear them. I see them jumping around. I also have a pet pig. He's an indoor pig. 
that goes outside and does his business and runs around. He's 180 pounds and won the lottery when he got to live with us. We won the lottery when we found that French door to the sunroom. We can't hear him at all. He's right on the other side of that door. I don't know who made that door, but I owe them my life because it has become our quiet, COVID-free zone. I hope it just keeps on being our safe haven. It keeps everything out. I'm sure it can help me deal with all this COVID stuff the world seems to be having. It's my hideaway. I wouldn't change it for the world. GMAC... This French door they're talking about. Do you, you know what that means? Like the French door that you typically has got the glass in it, yeah. right? With, like, with squares, right? Yes. Yeah, so the okay. the glass. so yeah. uh, normally there's a trade-off there, right? You get the light coming through, but quite often you also get the sound in uh, in conjunction with the light. So anybody's got sort of a soundproof French door. Yeah. Uh, pass that along. That's great. And uh, all I'm hearing is this pig refer- referred to as our pig... What is the pig's name? He's absolutely adorable. I just want to you, lay on the carpet and just hug him. 180 pounds? Is that a pet at that point? Like, that's a farm animal. Well, you get some pretty big dogs, too, right? That's true. 180 pounds is huge. <laughs> that is pretty big. Like, that's, like, moose is 75 pounds? That's two and two and change moose. I don't know, man. That's a giant pig. Still smaller than me, McNabb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Max. What am I supposed to say to that? <laughs> nothing. That's great, Greg. Nothing. We're going I'm to break. Put in my mom's voice. You sound. You look. You're great. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. In our next segment, we're giving away tickets for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the musical production coming to the Centennial Concert Hall in June, based on your text messages at 204-780-6868 on how do you escape the noise when the noise of the world and the news of the world feels like it's weighing a little too much? What do you do to escape? Like Rose, who sent us pictures of this. My cousin has an indoor, an indoor basketball court (laughs) in his house. You can't even tell from the front of his house. He designed it so that you can't tell from the outside. It's so cool to see this brought to life because you just heard the Lottomax jackpot, $70 million. I used to daydream yes. when I was a teenager and a younger man about, and I actually played basketball. I used to daydream that I'd win the lottery and build a house with an indoor basketball court. That was sort of oh. the centerpiece of your yeah. of your dream lottery house? Yeah. What about yours, McNabb? What would your centerpiece be? Oh, I just, I've always wanted a pool, like an, like an infinity pool. So, And then I need to be in a climate where said pool can be used more often. Oh, so and then you're I need leaving a cliff us. And like a mountain. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. If I had also the money, there'd be an indoor pool. Okay. I like these people. I like people's suggestions. Like, we started off with like the Netflix shows that are our escapes, <laughs> and it's escalated to some pretty crazy suggestions. <laughs> I want to read Amanda's in our next segment because that made me laugh out loud with hers about. Uh, her caveat about what, what makes you laugh, smile, and have a great escape. We will tee that up in our next segment, and our winner is an absolute dandy. Shall we say that? I like yes. that word. It's a dandy. Bring it back. All right. Our holiday gatherings, in the meantime, could once again look a little different this year. So that could come out of necessity, or, Loren, it could come by choice. As you know, our family is continuing something that we implemented last Christmas, a turkey dinner, for shame, prepared by somebody else. And I have to tell you, 
I'm pretty sure I know how my mom would have felt about this. We may never go back when I start calculating the time that I'm saving, not only in the kitchen, but also in the grocery store and the trips back and forth and the frustration and the arguments. And then all the time you spend making up because of the argument. There's just far too many benefits here to uh, turn my back on this new tradition. Yeah, the turkey meal in theory is simple, but it takes several hours. It involves a lot. And then it's eaten in like 22 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so after seven, six, seven hours of checking on things in the kitchen and it's over so quickly, you think, what? Why did I do this? But of course, food, (laughs) we're going to talk a lot about this, I'm sure, in the days ahead. It's a big part of holiday celebrations. And what are the options if you are looking to hand some or maybe all of the cooking over to someone else. Michelle Field is the Director of Operations for WOW Hospitality Concepts. This, of course, is home to restaurants like 529 Wellington and Peasant Cookery in the Exchange, just to name a few. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. How are you today? We're good. I'm going to be hungry by the end of this. I just know it. But <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, you know, we were chatting a bit yesterday, Michelle, but what are you seeing when it comes to the demand for things like a, a Christmas dinner as a takeout meal, how popular was this maybe just a few years ago? And has the pandemic changed that at all? Well, two, three years ago, we didn't even consider doing uh, takeout Christmas dinners and holiday meals and such. But last year, obviously, with the pandemic, we we pivoted into doing this. And it was extremely popular last year. Um, a lot of people were you know, buying it for themselves and also buying it for their family who they couldn't celebrate with and sending it to their families. Um, this year, we haven't really seen much of a downtake on that. We've uh, actually pre- had pre-ordered as many Christmas meals this year as we did last year at Peasant Cookery and the same is for Prairie's Edge, the two concepts that did the holiday meal. So we're, we haven't seen anything uh, change at all. I guess people just, you know, like not having to do all those dishes and just have no trouble and just have it delivered to your door and pop it in the oven and quickly reheat it. And there you go. We're good to go. Oh, Michelle. Some plates afterwards. (laughs) Exactly. And this is sort of validating uh, the approach we're taking here. We got a little bit of pushback from my mother-in-law. I will not uh, lie about that. And, and my mom, had she still been alive, would have been dead set against this. But uh, listen, there are far too many benefits here to, to turn your back on this. And as much as it is wonderful to spend all that time in the kitchen, I mean, leave the cooking to the professionals, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, then, and the big deal is then you don't have to spend all that time in the kitchen. You can just sit around the living room and enjoy yourself. And, you know, you're not you're spending time with your family who you didn't get to see a ton of last year. So this is one of the main things. And then we can have it delivered to your door Christmas Eve. So then in terms of the appeal, the reasons that this would appeal uh, to people who have never considered this option, what are some of those reasons? Well, I think that some of the reasons are just the the bounty of food that you're going to get. Um, for example, Peasant Cookery is doing a full traditional turkey dinner with, you know, a roasted acorn squash soup and dressing and the, the sweet and sour meatballs and and everything and the buttermilk mashed potatoes with the brown butter mm. it just the most I still think about it from last year when I had it it was so delicious people still talk about it actually um, and then you can get the wine delivered with it and the dessert instead of having a pumpkin pie we are doing a warm banana caramel toffee cake oh just my word. delicious <laughs> so what what's the price take on something like that Michelle if you have it handy because we we've had different people weigh in on just the different places they're actually ordering from this year and so okay. what's the offer in terms of say that peasant cookery meal how many does it feed and then what would the cost be to get it to my door 
Well, um, it feeds. You can get it from two to three or to six to seven. So two to three guests, it would be a hundred bucks. Four to five guests, it's a hundred and ninety. Six to seven guests, it would be three hundred and twenty. And it's a ten dollar delivery charge to have it delivered to your door. Wow. Or you can pick it up. Yeah. See, I know that sounds like a lot of money, but there are so many inputs, so many things that go into creating that meal. And I was just talking about some of them before we brought you on, Michelle. And and it's not just the time in the kitchen. It's also the time and the expense of going to the store. You inevitably buy things that you don't need. And then you're also you're buying these special ingredients that you only need, it seems, at Christmas time. Oh, exactly. It's, you're buying ingredients that you're only going to use one time. And so then they might be sitting in your fridge just going bad afterwards. So this way, you just have you just have to reheat this dinner, and there'll be a ton of leftovers because uh, Chef Melissa gives you a ton of food. Like feeding it says it feeds two or three people, it's probably going to feed four people. Like she's just just bountiful like that. <laughs> well, I need to have these potatoes before we let you go, Michelle. Is this an ongoing trend? Like we know a lot of people pivoted, as you said, to takeout, maybe even grocery items, all the rest. Do you see that as a long term thing that will stick around, having to find ways to get good meals? into boxes, into containers to be available for a takeout delivery option? I think it is. I think it's a trend that's going to continue. We're even talking about doing a New Year's Eve one for 529. Um, just because some people still aren't really comfortable about going out and still want to have a nice, you know, meal delivered to their home. And with the, the things looking like they are with this new virus, people, we might get stuck at home again. So we always, we need to continue to find ways to, Pivot, and this is a, a great way to get our food to people, and they can enjoy it in their home if that's where they're more comfortable. Wowhospitality.ca is the website. Michelle Field is the Director of Operations for Wow Hospitality Concepts. Thank you very much, Michelle. This is great, and now we're all very hungry. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Have a great day. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Buttermilk? What was the potatoes again? Butters- buttermilk butters- mashed potatoes with brown oh, butter. Sounds <laughs> delightful. I'm so hungry. So delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Michelle. <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, what do you do? To escape the noise. We learned yesterday that, you know, hey, the worst case is the is what they're pushing here or showing us when they show us this modeling. But they're saying, look, if uh, if this gets out of control, we could see up to a thousand cases a day by the new year. So that had us all thinking, oh, here we go again. So we just wanted to figure out how do we escape this noise? And uh, we're asking you at 204-780-6868. And Loren, you liked Amanda's as uh, one of our runners up. For so many reasons, Amanda said, escape the noise by surrounding yourself with kids and pets. Both who know nothing about news, sports, fears, or COVID. Both parties also don't care if you shower or eat takeout all day. So, you know, (laughs) takeout for a day. That's what I want in life. (laughs) I love it. Oh, and by the way, speaking of pets, um, we also have gotten permission to share the picture of Sir Arthur the pet pig, the 180-pound pet pig. So you can find that on our Instagram story as well. I just love him. I just want to just hug him. Yeah. It it would be fun. I've heard pets or pigs are great pets. Yes, apparently they are. Yeah, super. Some people use them for uh, therapy, I think, Brett. Well, they're crazy smart, too, right? So Affectionate and smart. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Johnny says, my quiet place is my bedroom. When I need to escape the sounds and happenings of our three kids, I just simply go to bed early. I work most nights. Uh, but one night after listening, it pardon me, it works most nights. But one night after listening to many sleep country commercials on CJOB, I was awakened a few times in the early morning. You know the part of the jingle that sings, go drool on your sheets? Well, yep, three times when I rolled over to my other side, a wet pillow because <laughs> That damn song <laughs> stuck in my head. <laughs> uh, Johnny, thank you for that. But uh, Greg Oliver and his special room are the winner. Yes, the Oliver, not only his skill, but his willingness to share with us pictures of this oasis in his room. Oh, my God. Oliver says, I go to my whiskey room. I built it in the spare room of my house. Took me a year, but built it all on my own. Definitely my quiet place to retreat. The lights are all the same color. It's the color of the whiskey in the bottle that are different. And that was to explain in the picture. He's got these different cubbies with the different whiskeys in them. And they look to be yellow and orange and blue and all these. Yeah, it's same light source, except the colors in the whiskey bottle make the light look different within the... It's just spectacular. You're sharing those, right, Brett? Truly magnificent. You can see those pictures on our 680 CJOB Instagram story. You got to see it. It's just, it's mind-blowing. And congratulations, Oliver. You're going to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Centennial Concert Hall in June. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Just want to quickly read a text from Kat and Gimli before we carry on here because uh, earlier this morning, Mr. Forte played some Boney M while we were doing our trivia segment, giving away the car pass for Canadians. Winter Wonderland, and Kat says, OMG, please kill the Boney M Christmas album. I worked retail for several years, more than 30 years ago now, and between Boney M and Anne Murray, by Christmas Day, <laughs> I was fit to be tied and didn't really give a damn who wrapped the gifts or cooked the turkey as long as it didn't have to be me. Oh... <laughs> Sorry, Kat. And Is Kat answering in real time now, Brett? <laughs> I don't know. And then uh, she adds, then I worked at a store where we played all the Christmas albums by Mannheim Steamroller during the holiday season. Those were the most pleasant and truly enjoyable Christmases of my life. I love the Boney M. Boney M, baby! I didn't know Mannheim Steamroller. Are you familiar with this, Greg? Mannheim Steamroller? Loren? Nope. I feel like I should be, but I'm not. Well, I've got... I'm going to hit this and see if anybody knows this. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Many people, I think, time their lights to that song, right? So okay. So if you're driving around, you go to those light displays and they say, tune in to FM 82.2 or whatever, and you turn on the music, that's quite often the song that they're dancing to. Oh, okay. Neat. Yeah, well, Cat, Cat's hater to Boney M. I, I don't know if I've explained this before. Every time I plug in my phone to the car, like Bluetooth, mm -hmm. it cues up to the top song on my iTunes and it's alphabetical, and it's All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. And so, like, June, July, February, September, if I don't stop it, like, 30 seconds down the road, da, 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 da. And the kids are like, no! <laughs> sure enough, we're decorating the tree the other night, and what's the first thing that comes on as I queue up some music? They're like, Mom, we've already, this is not a Christmas song anymore. Like, it's been ruined for us.
All right. <laughs> so I guess if you want to weigh in on uh, which Christmas uh, songs you don't want to hear, uh, we can keep a list, and uh, we'll see if Mr. Forte wants to be a sadist or not. So <laughs> in the meantime, look, it's a season for eating, spending, gathering, Laughing, but as always this time of year, there are organizations that are hoping December also remains a season of giving. Yeah, time to give back to the community organizations that help thousands of Manitobans move onwards and upwards every day and every year. And you might be giving back with money, giving back with volunteering, or maybe just giving back with your words. A time to say thanks to these organizations for all they do. So this week in CJOB's Season of Giving... We are featuring the Immigrant and Refugee Community Organization of Manitoba. You may know them as IRCOM. Shireen Donetto is the Executive Director and joins us now. Good morning, Shireen. Good morning. Best of the season to you. So for those that don't know, I'm a huge fan of what you do personally, Shireen. How about telling us what IRCOM is all about and what you're up to? Okay, Aircom, we're located right in the heart of the inner city. We have two buildings, and we have a safe, uh, affordable home for about 110 families. They're all newcomers to Canada, and they're all starting out their new lives uh, under our two roofs. So how, how have you grown over the years? Well, actually, we started off as one building, and we're actually coming very close to our 30th anniversary. Uh, and that building's, you know, been running for 30 years. And about six years ago, we opened a second site. So we doubled our operations, and we went from about 50 families to uh, homes for 100 families. So it's housing is a big component of what you do. Shereen, but I understand, and, I, and, and having done stories there over the years, I think I recall being there for when you were trying to provide uh, driver's courses for maybe new Canadians. There's been English classes and all the rest. I mean, it's so much more than just the housing. It's about all the different little things that new Canadians will have to learn and do in the weeks and months after their arrival. Expand a bit about some of those classes that you offer. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's our model to provide stable housing plus wraparound support. So you can get almost every kind of support that you would need as a newcomer to Canada under our roof, highly accessible. So there, if you walk down, uh, go down the elevators, you can find English classes running uh, every day of the week. You would find children and youth coming in from school. They get a snack and we have after school programming every day. Oh, we have uh, kids in sports. So sports is really a great way of keeping kids engaged, active, and, you know, getting to know about Canada. We even have a skating program happening. Um, We have an after-school program for kids around homework. So, you know, when you're a newcomer and you may have uh, learning a new language, we have wonderful teachers uh, teaching our kids and helping them with their homework in a really hands-on kind of way. So you can you can get settlement support. So literally, again, go down the elevator and there's your settlement worker who can help you with, you know, you got a letter from the school and you, you can't uh, read English yet. They'll explain it to you. They'll help you make the appointment with the school. Um, a very, you know, holistic services that help our families get a solid grounding uh, in, in Canada. And we also pair folks up with other Canadian, long-term Canadian families. We have a great family-to-family program running most summers. And yeah, people get to meet ordinary Canadians and they get to meet newcomers and build those bridges and uh, integrate really well. 
Shereen, I'm going to channel my inner grumpy Gus here, my inner Grinch. And those people who are listening this morning go, oh, well, that's all well and good, but what's in this for me? Like, well, why, why is Earcom a good idea for me who's, uh, you know, lived in Canada my entire life? I'm sure you hear that one. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. I think, uh, well, it's a good question. I think if you want to... Um, I think it's a chance for us to be proud as Canadians. So I was born here. My parents are immigrants. And I think it's a really great feeling. Anyone who's connected with IRCOM by donating, by volunteering, by signing up for our newsletter, have a really wonderful sense of how happy and grateful newcomers are to be here in Canada, in a place that's safe, in a place that, um, you know, has a very multicultural feel, so they they feel sort of in, involved and respected, and I think that's a wonderful thing about being Canadian. So, um, IRCOM kind of gives you that chance to express uh, that warm welcome that uh, that Canadians do so well. Shereen Donetto is the executive director of the Immigrant and Refugee Community Organization of Manitoba, also known as IRCOM. And uh, Shereen, what are the current needs? Like, what are you hearing most from your clients? Well, the most important thing, that's a great question. The most important thing is to enable us to continue programming in person. So uh, our English classes, so just the other day, I saw um, our students, they're all adults, and they're learning at the very beginning levels of English. They were cutting out letters uh, of the alphabet and gluing them beside the matching letters, right? And I'm sure we're all familiar with this uh, when, we, when we were small, but these are adults and they're learning you know, letters, and you, you need to be able to do this in person and talk to your teacher and make eye contact. So we're doing it all with physical distancing, um, but that means we need to, uh, we have to rent additional space, for example, so that we can spread out our classes over more sites. Uh, you know, we need in-person supplies to run programs and all the, you know, sanitizing stuff that, that you need to purchase and, and, and to, to make these, these things safe. But our goal is to keep running in person as long as we can because it's the, by far the most effective way to support newcomers, uh, in, you know, to, to learn and adapt. Man, if, if you can, what does this mean to the clients? Like, what do you hear from the people you work with? Because I can only imagine having traveled and sometimes worked in another country. You know, I, I relied heavily on a translator when I'd be overseas for work. And then when it's traveling, you think, oh, well, I'm just having fun. I can pull out my guidebook and do that for a couple of weeks. It's no big deal. But when you're applying for jobs, applying for healthcare, applying for dental, applying for insurance, looking for a driver's license, looking for uh, things to just help your kids get into school, and you're navigating all these different systems that at the best of times people with English as a first language might struggle with, Shireen. I mean, if you weren't here, what would happen to people who are arriving to Canada who are in the, coming, coming here without uh, some of this help? Sure. Well, our families often say that getting into Aircom is like winning the lottery. So if you, uh, and many of them, they come with other families. We prioritize families who have maybe higher needs or more complex situations. So they may have a cousin or a brother who arrived in Winnipeg at the same time. They may not have been, uh, there may not have been space at Aircom. Um, so they're living out in the community. And our families have told us it is like night and day. So if you can spend, uh, it's a three-year transitional time that people can stay in, in, in at Aircom. They get all of these holistic supports. As you mentioned, all the supports to get connected with, with Canada and set up their homes. Um, in fact, uh, 
when we look at our sort of move-out statistics, about 12 to 15% of our families have been able to purchase a home. So they learn financial literacy, they learn, obviously, learn the language, um, they save money, and, uh, and, and, you know, we really provide this incredible head start in their new lives in Canada. And what I would say is they are all so uh, appreciative that they're, they move out into the, the broader community and they want to give back to Canadian society. So when you donate to a place like Aircom, you're, you're creating a sense of goodwill and folks that are willing to go out there, be, become you know, Canadians, and then start giving back uh, in many, many ways. Shireen, we just got a text message from Avery here saying this. I think another important note for the Grinches in regard to EARCOM is that during a workforce shortage, EARCOM helps to integrate newcomers into Canada's society and economy. This is one of the absolute best ways to help our economy, not just immigration, but easy, quick immigration and integration. Agreed? I totally agree. Thank you, Avery. It's uh, absolutely... You know, I've had actually employers in healthcare. And uh, another in an ind- one of the manufacturing industries approached me directly because they have such shortages, and they're asking us if we can find ways to to to, to eat, you know connect our families with them. Um, so it's a ready workforce. Uh, yeah, there are some language barriers, but there are a lot of great programs that we're running and partners are running to get people up to speed and able to work. Well, we thank you very much for joining us, Shireen. Uh, Shireen Donetto is the Executive Director of IRCOM, the Immigrant and Refugee Community Organization of Manitoba. How do people get in touch with you if they want to help out? Uh, they just have to uh, contact uh, our main number, uh, 943-8765. Uh, or they can email me. I love to talk to folks. So Shireen D, S-H-E-R-E-E-N-D, at ca. All right, Shireen, thank you very much for joining us during this season of giving, which is sponsored by Bathfitter. 948, Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Hal Anderson joins us right after we check your forecast on no, CJ. Oh, <laughs> is this what well, we're doing yeah, now? Text your call. Uh, Text us. They, they, they said this is a song they don't want to hear ever again. Jason, yes. So you're playing it for them. Yeah. You're cruel. You Merry are Christmas, cruel, man. Jason. See, all this time we thought Jeff Forte was a nice, happy guy, but it's clear he is a sadist. It's all an act. You're a monster. Everything I do is all an act. <laughs> we'll uh, take him out behind the woodshed uh, during the next commercial break, it really Jason. It's a bad song. <laughs> it's terrible. I hate it so much, Jason. I'm with you there. Okay, we'll check your weather next on the start. Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.